Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. I'm Richard Bliss, the host, and you're listening to episode 128. You know, we're starting to run into a bit of a problem. One of the reasons I'm going to do a Kickstarter project to help the podcast is to start to organize all this content. We're getting to be, have a lot of content, and it's getting harder and harder to go back and find some of the, those gems that uh, came out from such great content. So we're working on that. You know, I got great fans. You guys are awesome. Absolutely awesome. And every once in a while, I get a big surprise. So there is going to be a Kickstarter project launched here soon. I'm not launching it. But it's got my face on it and my name on it, and it's basically a Kickstarter project to pay for my airfare to come out and speak at the university. Uh, I'll save the details for later, but the MBA program at the university, come and speak about crowdfunding and Kickstarter. I've uh, taught a few college courses about it here in the San Francisco Bay Area, but this was the first one, that a crowdfunding campaign to pay for my travel to come and speak about crowdfunding. Awesome! You'll, you'll find out more details. Visit my website, thegamewhisperer.com, and sign up for the newsletter so you can keep uh, up to date on everything that's happening. We got a great show. Uh, my guest has got some great content. But before we do, I've got that oh-so-close segment that I wanted to share with you. And this week, it is a project called Art, Sustainability, and Spirituality, a bike quest in New Zealand. Now, if you're listening to this after March 5th of 2013, it's already over. But this gentleman, uh, yeah, I actually don't know, a man or a woman, they want to do a bicycle trip to New Zealand, and they need your help. They're trying to raise $2,500, and they're 97% of the way there, and they only have a couple of days more. They basically want you to pay for them to go down and ride their bike around New Zealand, take pictures and video, and send it back to you. Awesome idea. Love it. So go take a look at it. It's called A Bike Quest in New Zealand, and they only have a couple more days, and they're so close. Go show them some love. My guest today is no stranger to Kickstarter, and particularly if you're in the board game space, uh, which many of my listeners you are, you are very familiar with uh, Mr. Michael Mendez, the uh, founder and owner of Tasty Minstrel Games and a prolific Kickstarter and kind of the granddaddy and grandfather of what kicked this whole thing off for the board gaming space a couple of years ago. So I want to welcome Michael to the show. Michael, thanks for joining me. Hey, glad to be back. Yeah, it's been uh, about a year since uh, you were on last time. I think, what did we talk about? It was either ground floor or it was... Um, you've had quite a few. How many projects... You have a current... So you're on the show. We have a, you have a current project that's running right now on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, called... What's it called? It's called Dungeon Roll. Okay, Dungeon Roll. What, which Kickstarter project is this for you? How many? Um, I think this is the ninth Kickstarter project for me. Nine. I, yeah, it's hard to believe I was counting them up because in an interview question, I just had that recently. It was either eight before or eight with this one. I, I don't recall. So it's eight but or that, nine. That it's... includes two that failed, one which was a, a children's book that my wife wrote, and one which is a um, – a party game that was a physical thing that people would need to play in person to really understand what was going on. So, Well, but that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Uh, a little bit of uh, diversity and experience that went, went wrong isn't necessarily a bad thing, which is kind of a lesson to pass on to Kickstarter people who think that they only get one chance and then it's over. Nope. You get to keep going, don't you? Mm-hmm. So 
um, Tasty Minstrel Games, you have, you're one of those out there. Um, there's a, a group of you that I have identified. I've been doing this since 2011. You've been doing Kickstarter since 2010, right? Uh, I believe so, yes. Yeah, I think so. And uh, your company, Tasty Minstrel Games, publishes family-friendly board games, um, advanced uh, games, and you have, in some ways, built this company with a foundation deeply founded on Kickstarter. Yeah, the once um, once we were successful with Eminent Domain, we had products out beforehand. Um, you know, our first products came into distribution in January of 2010, and I think uh, Eminent Domain funded in. Uh, November of 2010. So, um, yeah, it came into play fairly early in in the existence of our company, and it it works and makes a lot of sense for lots of different reasons. So, and you have done a quite a bit of innovation. I'll use the word innovation, um, experimentation, innovation, testing, trying things out, um, and have built up quite a, a following. Your current project. How long has it been out? How long has uh, Dungeon Roll been out? Been out so uh, far. Dungeon Roll went live at about six in the morning, um, my time, on Tuesday. Right now it is nine thirty p.m. on Wednesday. So day and a half. Day and a half. About a day and a half. And in that day and a half, you have raised you know twenty two thousand dollars. But that's not how we count success anymore, is it? Well. That's how a lot of people count success. But I'm guessing that okay, it's nice to have the money, but I'm I'm thinking because I'm looking at a different number on your project that yeah, the money's nice. You met your funding goal; it was fifteen thousand dollars. You've still got weeks and weeks to go, so you're obviously going to hit uh, much higher numbers. But what's more telling is that your project, as I p- pull it up here, I just lost it on the screen. You have over a thousand backers on your project here in the last day and a half. Yeah, right now I'm showing 1,208. Uh, 1,208. That's more backers that some people get in the entire length of their campaign, yet you got it in the first eight, basically 18 hours. Yeah, I, th- I think the mo- um, ground floor was our previous um, best uh, performance on Kickstarter, and we had 1,700 backers or so. And here you're at 1,200. Um, so we want to talk about a couple of things because you're doing something that looks slightly different. It's always, uh, you know, Tasty Minstrels always doing some things that are slightly counterintuitive, but they continue to work. So 1,200 backers so quickly, and this is, you know, you've heard so many of my guests on the show. You've been one of them that said, you know, get your fan base, build it up, make it work out of the gate. But this is, this is kind of, uh, these are crazy numbers for something. Now the, the video looks awesome. The game looks great, but it, but what are you going to contribute to the success of this? Why did suddenly 1,200 backers just suddenly show up and start backing this project? Uh, why did they? Why did they? Uh, I mean, $15 for what people are getting, a lot of people, the combination of things. There's a lot of people who say, hey, that looks cool. It's $15. A, if it turns out to suck, uh, you know, I waste fifteen dollars. You know, I waste fifteen dollars on lunch uh, a lot of times when I could have uh, eaten at home or something like that, right? So and, and so for our listeners who who maybe aren't in front of their computer right now, your lowest pledge level is fifteen dollars, and for fifteen dollars you get one copy of the game, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. 
And that includes shipping. Yes, sir. In, in the U.S. Shipping in the U.S. And so somebody's going to look at that and say, oh, really? How, are you making any money at that? How are you doing, how are you doing that? I make very little money per uh, user. And so uh, this is an interesting case because I, as we did development on Dungeon Roll, it grew from a game that had 13 dice and two varieties and uh, no heroes and no treasures and no uh, not and, and you wrote out your scores on pen and paper. So this was component wise, it was basically the same as Martian dice, except that I had two custom dice, so I'd have to pay twice as much in mold costs. Not so bad. From it grew from that where we were most likely going to publish it and be okay with it and expect to to do all right or all right to very good. Um, and, and through development, when we added the treasures, and then the treasures became um, ridiculously overpowered. And to help balance that, we added the heroes, and and then we toned some things down. And and throughout that process, it grew component wise into a, this huge uh, thing for for fifteen dollars. But I felt that fifteen dollars was really the, the correct price point. And doing the nut, doing the math. Um, if I just printed 5,000 copies of Dungeon Roll and sold out all of those copies into distribution, I would have actually lost three or $4,000 is how much stuff there is now that we want to put into the box. So you, the price point you've picked is a lost leader. You're, it costs you more money to make it, ship it, and get it out there than you're going to make it selling it. Well, it would be. Right. It would be, except that if we can lock in a little bit more, um, a little bit more revenue that we would make per box on the initial um, printing. Like when we send something out through Kickstarter, we get like we after we pay all of the expenses, we end up with a couple of dollars more per unit than we would have uh, selling it into distribution. You know, those, those couple of dollars can help cover a lot of the setup costs. And then uh, we can also raise, you know, if we can say we've sold uh, 5000 already and then we can print 10000 then our unit cost uh, per unit goes down. And so then that $15 price point becomes viable despite all the stuff that's going in there. You know, if... Uh, a Hasbro or a Mattel were doing this, you know, they'd print seventy five thousand. They could price it at fifteen, no problem. But if they sold out of that seventy five thousand, it didn't happen very quickly. They probably wouldn't support it anymore. They'd say, "Doesn't move the needle, we'll throw it out." So let me let me make sure I understand what you're saying here. You're saying that Tasty Minstrel Games looked at this game, said, "We want to sell this for fifteen dollars. We can't afford to sell it for fifteen dollars if we just." print it and put it out there with a normal distribution run. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a risk, put it out on Kickstarter for $15, knowing that traditionally this wouldn't cost us, but we think that we'll get enough backers that can offset the initial production costs so that we can produce twice as many units that normally we would at 10000 lowering the price point. Then, thus, we can create a game with incredible value at a, a very low price point that we can actually make a small profit off of. Did I did I encapsulate that correctly? Yes. And 
and and also going through and doing the math once all of the um the setup costs are covered and at print runs that are are in the tens of thousands of copies the you know, the the profit margin on the sellouts are are very um very healthy or the gross profit margins right sure are very healthy so i thought hey we'll give it a shot if um you know if a couple of options happen if if we don't fund up to the $75,000 which is my personal goal going in um if we don't fund up to that then there's a couple of options we can deliver to the kickstarter backers at $15 like you know obviously we promised to and then price the rest at 20 or we can deliver to the kickstarter backers price the rest at 15 sell through those and be in a situation where we are going to very slowly support the game with future content. Interesting. So at $15, what you just said was, is you just shared a piece of information, a personal goal, and that is your, your stated goal is $15,000. But you said your personal goal was $75,000. Right. And let me do the math real quick. That is... That's five times. That's 5,000 backers that, you, you need. Yep. Yeah. At the $15 level. Right. How many board game projects have hit 5,000 backers? I think there's one. And it funded over $2 million for some miniatures. So one. So they had, four, they had like an average pledge level of $400, something ridiculous like and that. And your average pledge level is coming in at like $15.25. Uh, right now, I'm showing eighteen dollars and twenty seven cents. Oh, okay. A, I was off by a little bit. Analytics. That's, uh, that's right. I did mine off the top of my head, so I got <laughs> I got to work on that one. Well, well, most of that increase is shipping premium, so uh, we still only really get that fifteen minus our uh, shipping costs that we are already building into the ones we deliver in right, the U.S. Right, right. So, um. <sighs> So sorry to make noises like Darth Vader into the microphone, but yeah. So <laughs> I, I mean, was doing it too. Yeah. Well, so Michael, I'm a little bit sick. So well, I'm looking at this and saying to myself, "What are you nuts? Really?" So we're going to launch a Kickstarter project. In order for it to be successful, we have to basically become the second most successful board game ever in the history of Kickstarter with the number of backers we have, and that will make it successful so that we can do this. And now. Michael, I've known you now for a little while, and somebody would look at that and say, that's a little nuts. Really? I mean, what's causing you to think that you can actually pull this off? Hey, uh, this is the beauty of whether – I was doubtful going in. I, I'm fairly confident now after the first uh, you know day and a half, but going into this, it's the beauty of Kickstarter – on some sense is that I can, or, you know, anybody can make adjustments during the project one and also after the fact two. you can't make adjustments to what you've promised, obviously, but what happens after that is completely up in the air. Uh, so let me make sure I understand what you're saying. What you're saying is, is that, look, you're making a contract and a commitment to your Kickstarter backers that you're going to deliver this game yep. and you can do that. At the $15,000. You can do that. Um, yeah. To make this a viable business product for Tasty Minstrel Game Line, you have this other goal that allows you then to, to basically 
extend that promise beyond. Yeah, you know, but if I ask for $75,000, yeah. it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's not going to happen. So you're willing to say, look, I'll, I'll do this, and if it works on a small scale, we can deliver it. If it. And if it fails to reach your internal goal, okay, well, you still deliver on your promise. But you're right. It's looking like at this pace and at this stage, $22,000 in 18 hours with 1,200 backers. Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, you're going to have a really good shot at hitting your number. So in our last few minutes. I, I think a lot of that, uh, to interrupt your question you're about to ask, sorry. I close my mouth. Uh, oh. Okay. I, I think that a lot of the there's a lot of benefit to having a lot of people that are interested in a product and it will just um I hate using the word but crush uh when certain things happen. Like we have some um pledge levels that we're not pledge levels, reward levels that not reward levels, stretch goals. Okay, stretch that's goals. what they're called, right? Yep. Stretch goals that we're considering where um, there would be some Kickstarter exclusive items that aren't necessarily going to affect gameplay. Although we do have one hero that would need to be a Kickstarter exclusive because of logistical reasons. But when you have, if you have two thousand people, you know, backing, financially invested in a project, and excited about it. And you make an update and you say, oh, well, you know, if we can get to what amounts to 2,500 people, then we can give you, you know, these cool looking dice instead of the regular dice, which costs us a little bit more. But if you can get us there, we can give that to you. And then once you get to that 2,500, you can say, oh, well, if we can get to 3,000, we'll give you this, you know, extra three heroes or whatever, you know, whatever those incentives might be. Um, then you can get to each one of those new levels uh, much quicker. I think um, a project like Double Fine, I don't know if they plan to do this, but they did end up doing it very well. What's uh, the, they, the, what, what did they do? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, that, that's okay. Um, they have They ended up with 47,000... 946 backers at their lowest pledge level of $15. They had 24,636 backers at $15 to get the game and the documentary, right? Yeah. And so that's a lot of money, but that is 62,500 something people. That is a lot of people. And if you say, oh, hey, if we get to, uh, you know, $4 million, then we're going to give you this extra. You know, whatever. And they're going to say, oh, great. And they'll just tell their friends. Uh, so so your strategy then is to kind of pursue this. Uh, we've seen Reaper do it. We've seen a lot of the cool mini or not guys do it. And that is, look, if we target the backers instead of the money, the backers become evangelists for us. They tell their friends. And by telling their friends, it brings them benefit because then we're able to stuff more in the box, uh, metaphorically speaking. And yep. then they become more engaged. And suddenly... You have created a viral campaign simply by the way you've structured it and targeted your audience. Is that is that kind of what we're talking about here? Yeah, that's the goal. I just wish I had like with Double Fine, they had a hundred dollar pledge that they managed to get eleven thousand five hundred thirty people to uh, to back. You know, that's 
That's $1.1 million right there. I mean, if I could come up with a $100 pledge, I could even get 1,000 people to, to you know, sure. 500. Don't we all do. wish that? We all yeah. wish that we had a $100 pledge we could get 5,000 people to pledge to. Yeah, that would be great. Well, you've, you've certainly done something here. 250 would be good. 250 would be good. But you have – I mean you've done – You've done something here interesting, uh, targeted it, really kind of crunched some numbers in a way that looks counterintuitive, but once you sit down and explain it, it, cer- it certainly makes sense. And also then, I, help, I think listeners should be aware of, you have two promises here. You have the promise that I will deliver the product to you that you pledged your money for, promise number mm-hmm. one. And number two, if enough of you take me up on that promise, I will promise to bring this product to market um, and that's kind of a separate promise, right? Because that, that, that's not necessarily guaranteed that would happen if you don't hit this number that you've identified, the 75,000, kind of your own personal number. Oh, it, it would still happen. It w- we would still bring it to market. It would just be the fact that um, you know, might, we might have to support it uh, on a more slow basis. Got it. Got it. Well, let's still – we're out of time. So Michael, thank you again very much. It's always a pleasure to have a conversation with you about kind of this Kickstarter thing to see it always from a slightly different angle the next time that you do it. It's always a lot of fun to watch your projects. Thanks for joining me on the show. Cool. Thanks, Richard. You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. My guest has been Michael Mendez, the founder and owner of Tasty Minstrel Games. The project that he currently has up is called Dungeon Roll. That is not a uh, sushi bar in your local uh, RPG game. Dungeon Roll is a dice-rolling dungeon game, and uh, he has done in the last 18 hours, actually while we've been talking, uh, another 10 backers have jumped on. He's got uh, over 1,200 backers and $22,000, and well on, appears well on the way to a, a goal of $75,000, which is kind of what he stated. Hopefully you found something interesting and uh, enlightening about kind of maybe how to craft your Kickstarter project because we assume the reason you're listening is because you're going to have a Kickstarter project and we're going to be able to see it out on, out on Kickstarter so we can help you fund your dream. Thanks for listening. Take care.